Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Boom. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. The Friday show is what you always get. You get a player interview, you get a opposing beat reporter, and then, of course, you get Bob Papa with the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. So we're going to lead off with uh, Paul Dettino's interview with Giants edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. All right, so Aziz, the first thing people are going to say, well, you're playing the Miami Dolphins, and this is an offense that scored 70 points a couple of weeks back against Denver. So when you hear that and then you look at the film, and I'm sure you've looked at that particular game, what are some of the first impressions that it gives you? Yeah, uh, they're very explosive. They're explosive offense. They have a lot of speed. They got a lot of people, a lot of players that could just, that could really go and, they're, you know, they're really explosive. So if you just see that and we just got to play our best and do what we got, we got to execute the job, really. Now, there were other games, though, where they scored 24 points and yeah. 20 points. Yeah. So that was kind of like an outlier. Yeah. Do you look at it that way or do you have to say, look, they can be that dangerous. We need to be ready for that. Yeah, you got to look at it, uh, man, both ways, really. You know they're dangerous. They're dangerous and they can really put up and blow up the scoreboard. So we really got to prepare uh, extremely. At a, you know, we got everyone got to be on their job A1 this weekend. Just got to bring it all, bring bring everything we got. Was there anything about that film of the 70-point game in particular that made it so eye-opening and so much more impressive than what people outside are saying? Oh, uh, man. They, they just couldn't stop them, really. <laughs> they couldn't stop them. They just lit up the scoreboard, and they just kept going. And it's just... You you know they have the weapons, they have the guys, and everyone to get get things going in that way. And we just gotta be prepared, really, to bring it. Play Wink, our best. Wink Martindale, your defensive coordinator, likened it to a NASCAR going up against the Formula One because <laughs> of the speed. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. How can you truly gauge game speed when you're just watching it on tape? Because obviously, when you're on the field, it does it does tend to get a little real. Yeah, it is real, definitely. I mean, seeing it on tape, you know these guys. They have the speed. You can see it on the film too. Like you can see, you you see the numbers. You see how fast they're running. You can just tell. Like you can just see it on film. It's, it's crazy fast. <laughs> Is it all around? Is it the entire offense? I mean, I know the line doesn't run a lot, right? Yeah, so yeah. so that doesn't matter. But are the skill positions all just like track meet guys? Yeah, I think literally. I think so. Uh, <laughs> with the receivers, with the running backs, they all they both got speed. Like it's just. They all got speed. The whole offense, they, they, especially the skill guys, they all got speed. 
fight. So how do you practice against that? Because if they're one of those teams that has such great speed, you guys don't have necessarily practice guys who can mimic that. So how how do you gauge that and prepare for speed when you know you can't replicate it? Uh, really, you got to really uh, – I think we try to get the f- fastest guys that we got on the team really to just help us give us a, a good look, you know. It's just a – Wait a minute. You, you know didn't ask me to practice against you. <laughs> nah, nah. Come on. Nah, you know. you know, My, anybody, my phone didn't <laughs> ring. Anybody else that we could get, you know, that could give us that juice, you know, that we need because that's – because come Sunday, that's what we're going to get, a lot of speed. And we got to be prepared for it, so we got to find a way to – well, I, I always I always remember Bill Parcells used to say the one thing about speed is you can get physical with it. Yeah, so if you catch up to them, you can make them feel it. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like you know we got to be physical for sure. You know, we just punch them first in the mouth. You know, and just gotta play physical this game for sure because you know they got speed and I mean we got some speed too. So we gotta just find a way to get that edge. <laughs> All right, let me ask you about a fellow SEC guy, Tua. Uh, is, is, yeah. is off to another good start. Uh, you did not play in, against him back in 2018 no. when, when they played Georgia. Yeah, no. uh, you were hurt in the game, yeah, right? Yeah. You didn't play. didn't play. But you got a chance to watch him yeah, up close. Yeah. Uh-huh. What does the film of him today look like, and how much different is it from when you remember when he played you guys in college? Man, Tua, Tua is a great guy. He's a great quarterback. I feel like he he has all the tools, you know, and he he, he could do it all, really. And like he, I feel like his game is just keep getting better every every time you see him. Like he's he's, he's a great, great one of the good ones. So man, we just got to bring it from the jump with him, like from the jump. Well, when we talk about them having such a speedy offense, is it the timing that's the most important part of his game with his receivers? Man, I feel like he's accurate too. Man, everything he's, he's an accurate quarterback. He gets his his receivers quick, and we just gotta just man, we gotta do it. We gotta be. We got all. Be on the same page. This one for sure. We all got to be in line to our job, and everyone got to be on the same page with, with Tua because he 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 could he could he could uh, he could move the ball. They, they they got they got guys. They got the guys. They got everything for it. Now I'm sure you know he has thrown an interception in three of their first four games. You guys as a defense don't have any takeaways yet this year. Yeah, the only right. team in the league that doesn't. All right. Some people will say that's just pure luck. Other people will say you got to make your own luck. How much has this defense talked about trying to get takeaways? Yeah, no, nah, we talk about it every day, man. Every day we got to find a way to get the ball out. If it's a fumble, strip sack, uh, takeaway, interception, we got to find a way somehow, some way to get this ball out and get the ball back for our offense this this week. Anyway, we just got to gotta mimic it in practice, extra, whatever it takes. You just got to get a turnover. All right, let's talk about their running game for a second. A chain and Mostert. Of obviously run the ball extremely well. Mm-hmm. It looks like they got a lot of open lanes too to yeah. do their business. What are the differences in these two backs as you approach them as a defensive player? Uh, I feel like they they both got speed. <laughs> they both what got a surprise. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm saying they both got that speed. They they got vision and they could go. So I feel like we got to really just be home in on our keys and our uh, you know our alignment assignment and everything with the footwork. Everything has to be on point. Knocking back tackles the guards we got to knock people back in the run game and shut off blocks as many things shut off blocks to try to make these plays does it look like they're using the two guys differently or they're more interchangeable i feel like they're probably the same really they're probably like you know they're both you know they, they could do it all really both of the backs and as we know they all they got speed they could catch the ball the screens whatever lineup they could do it all really so 
got to be on our A game. All right, let me ask you about new, you now. You get back into the lineup after missing a couple games with the hamstring. Mm-hmm. Looked like you were very active against Seattle. Obviously, uh, after the two missed games, which disappointed you tremendously, yeah, yeah. Uh, how good do you feel right now in terms of getting into that rhythm? And what do you mm-hmm. think you learned from being on the sideline watching the team for those two weeks? Man, uh, I just got I got blessed to get back to the game and just be able to get back out there from the team. And give my best whenever, whenever I'm out there just to help the defense no matter what and help this team try to win games for sure. And, you know, it just it, it, when I was out, it sucked watching because, you know, I, was, I wanted to be out there for sure. But, you know, we got a team that we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop fighting. The guys are not going to stop fighting. We're going to keep competing no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is. We're going to go hard. We're always going to try to win this game. And whatever game we play, we're always trying to win. And at the end of the day, we got to stay together and just keep working hard and execute our job to the highest level and try to get turn- takeaways, turnovers, whatever it is we need to help the team win. That's that's all we want to do. Now, now Wig says he sees the improvement, and we did see it in the numbers last week. Red zone was two for four for Seattle, mm-hmm. and they were three for 12 on third down. Yeah. Those are the two areas that Wink really stresses all the time. Right. So does that give you guys much more hope and confidence that you can get that ball rolling? Yeah, I feel like, you know, each and every week, you know, just got to attack it every week and try to, you know, improve and certain things in certain areas for sure. And I feel like as we continue to keep going and the season keep going, we feel like we'll continue to improve and it will show. I ask you one final question for you and Tibbs to be on the field at the same time. We, mm-hmm. We've rarely seen that yeah, in the yeah. last couple of years. But we did see where you had a pass rush to the back of the pocket. He mm-hmm. went to the front of the pocket, and he got the sack. Yeah, it yeah. looked like a perfect <laughs> tag team effort. Yeah, Is yeah. that an example of what you guys believe you're going to be able to do going forward? Yeah, I feel like we uh, we both definitely could make a, a big impact for sure, you know, rushing with each other and rushing, you know, accordingly, you know, as a unit, rushing as a unit, basically, the front four. And uh, I feel like as we keep continuing to work out here and practice, uh, it will continue to show in the game in a good way. Aziz Ojolari, always good to see you. Best of luck this week. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? That's Giants edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. The huddle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants, from game day to every day. Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. And now Lance Meadow had a chance to talk to former Dolphins wide receiver who now covers the team and does the media work down there. The one and only O.J. McDuffie. Let's listen in. The Giants and Dolphins both look to bounce back from week four losses as they meet for the first time since 2021 when they collide in South Florida at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. To help break down what to expect from Miami, we're now joined by a man who's suited up for the Dolphins as a wide receiver for eight seasons from 1993 to 2000. You can hear him on Dolphins Post Game Live on the Dolphins Radio Network. He also hosts a weekly podcast, The Fish Tank, as part of the Dolphins Podcast Network, none other than O.J. McDuffie. O.J., you got Lance Meadow here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time today. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Man, you know what, Lance? I cannot complain, man. You know what I mean? Like you talked about earlier, we had a – both teams took an L this past week. And uh, so, you know how it is, man. When you lose on on Sunday or Monday, it's a long week ahead of you and, you know, getting ready for the next game. So I'm just, you know, it's Thursday or whatever it might be, and I'm just trying to get get my mind right. Even though I'm not playing anymore, I feel like I'm playing because <laughs> I, I, it messes up my whole week uh, for the for the game coming up this Sunday. 
Well, for the Giants, though, it's a short week, technically, regardless of whether or not the loss lingers because they play on Monday, whereas the Dolphins are going from Sunday to Sunday. And let's start big picture with Miami because clearly they're coming off their first loss of the season. We know the offense has been able to score about as many points as they'd like just about against anyone. But it seemed to me playing the trenches, OJ, helped determine the game against Buffalo. And I want to throw out some numbers to our audience because the first three weeks, Tua was sacked once and he had five quarterback hits that he absorbed. Then Sunday against the Bills, he sacked four times, and the Bills had nine quarterback hits. So that's a noticeable differential. How much do you think, if you had to hone in on one area, that playing the trenches up front specifically influenced why that game turned and went in a complete opposite direction? Well, you know, Buffalo Bills, they always had, have always had a great front four, and they always count on the front four to do all the damage, and they don't have to, you know, use blitzers. They don't have to bring guys off the edge and, you know, things like that. But they did do that a couple times, but their front four is so dynamic. Um, for the Dolphins, you know, we go in that game, and we're minus uh, Connor Williams, our center, and Liam Eikenberg went in there, you know, kind of in an emergency role and uh, had a tough time up front. Um, we lose Teron Armstead, who was, you know, a perennial pro bowler, uh, early in that game. And uh, even though, you know, Kendall Lamb's a, a hell of a left tackle, you know, but when you got a guy, it's hard to replace a guy that's a pro bowler year after year after year. Uh, so we we struggled a little bit up front. And honestly, I think Buffalo just had a great game plan against what we were doing. And so in the trenches is where it starts. If you can get four guys to us uh, without, you know, adding extra pressure, linebackers or, or nickel blitzers, you're going to have a lot of success against what we do on offense because you can play coverage behind us to stop guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and, you know, and, and the likes. Now, Teron Armstead has already been ruled out for Sunday's game by Mike McDaniel. Connor Williams is on the injury report in a limited fashion as we're recording this conversation. OJ, how would you assess the chances of maybe them getting Connor back after he missed the last game? And how much does Connor's return, in your estimation, change the dynamics of that offensive line? Yeah, it really does. Connor is a, is a great center. He's not a good center. He's a great center. And he and Tua have such a great rapport when it comes to you know everything they do uh, as a one-two punch. Um, his solidifying the middle, you know, which is most important that that first, you know, shot at getting that Tua Lance has been critical. And uh, you talk about the hits and the sacks in the last game against Buffalo. A lot of that came up the middle, a lot of middle pressure, which makes Tua have to move off a spot, which no quarterback wants to do. And uh, that contributed to a lot of our, I guess, lack of success as an offense. So I think getting Connor back is huge. He's, he's such a good uh, leader for one, but he's also a hell of a center for our team. OJ, I was listening to Tua talk after the game, and one of the things he pointed out, which I don't want to say caught me completely off guard, but it was a little surprising to hear considering we're four weeks into the season, is he mentioned that the communication up front was not great and that guys were not lined up in the right formations. And I'm saying to myself, I know there were some changes on the offensive line like we discussed, but for the most part, the skilled position players are the same who have been in the mix. What was your take on that and whether or not that's something that could rear its ugly head again coming up here on Sunday, potentially. Yeah, I think in the postgame show, we talked a lot about that, Lance. We talked a lot about you know, how are we at this point where we're having problems with communication. And I think sure. the biggest issue we had was Buffalo, they brought it noise-wise. Um, our communication really faltered from the beginning. You know, from Coach McDaniel getting into Tua, Tua getting into the players. And he said they said the noise was the loudest they've ever heard it in Buffalo, which is something that we have to fix. So we're going to play in some loud arenas moving forward allow stadiums moving forward. So I think that's part of all the guys on offense are pretty much all the same, except for those two linemen we talked about. You know, the wide receivers are all the same. Quarterback obviously is the same. So there should be very little communication issues at this point 
not in just in this season, but for this team, because like I said, all these guys were here last year. So that that was a big issue. We we talked about it a lot in the postgame show. They're going to fix that. I don't think it'll be an issue at home as much as it will be on the road. Uh, and, and that's the that's what we're hoping for, at least. If they have more communication problems this weekend, and we got bigger <laughs> issues than we thought we had. Yeah, considering this week's game is at home, to your point. But it, still, it could about. be a home game still for, for the Giants, though, Lance, as you know, down here in Miami, though. Very well said. Yes, Giants fans travel extremely well. And I'm glad you brought that up, OJ, because they went to Arizona earlier this season, and that was the one game they won, and they had a massive comeback. And even some of the players were saying in the second half, it was the road fans that made a big impact in terms of flustering Arizona. So your point is well taken from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and not only that, you know, they they travel, they live here. They it's 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 sure. it's really New York South. You know that, man. So <laughs> I mean, at, at least it's the Giants, man. It's not the Jets. I hate the Jets. I, I I don't mind the Giants though. So it's not as big a problem as if it were the other team in New York. Well, you only play the Giants once every four years or once every two years since the schedule expanded to seventeen. So. It's not as bad, to your point, as a division rival like the Jets. The other thing I want to piggyback off of your point with respect to the communication and why it's interesting is you look at his first two seasons in the league, Tua, and he had to deal with multiple offensive coordinators, from Chan Gailey to then two guys who obviously were coordinating the offense in year two. This is now the first time, OJ, where he's actually in the same system with the same play caller. And you know from following the league, that could do wonders for a veteran quarterback like an Alex Smith back in the day with the Niners to a young guy. Has that helped him in your estimation, putting these communication issues aside? Have you seen him take a jump because of the stability with the play calling or we're not at that point yet in your estimation? You know, Lance, it goes back to, to Alabama, actually. He had like six stiff. He had, he didn't have the same play caller year That's after right. year until he got here uh, with Mike McDaniel for the second year this year. So it's been year after year after year where he's got to learn a new system, different play caller, two play calls as you talked about a couple years ago. Um, so I think the fact that they've had this year and then an, an off season and now into this year, it, it's been a, it's done a world of good for us as an offense. Tua and Mike McDaniel almost in sync with each other when it comes to play calling. And he even talked about that in the post afterwards that usually he can almost finish up what Mike wants to call. Uh, but some, for some reason they didn't have that communication this last game. So year two, same guys in the offense. I think it's a great blessing for us. Most teams that have the same play caller and quarterback year after year after year tend to be pretty successful. We've seen that in the league. So I think that's where we're headed right now. Uh, like we talked about earlier, the fact that, that they had some problems in Buffalo, it was a little puzzling to us, but hopefully they rectify that this weekend. And the success has been overwhelming. It's well documented to your point. They lead the NFL in points per game, total yards, passing yards, and rushing yards. So they haven't necessarily missed a beat from a statistical standpoint. I want to focus on one of the best friends for a quarterback like Tua is a strong run game. And Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, I mean, my goodness, 10 rushing touchdowns combined, OJ, 13 scrimmage scores. Miami only had 12 rushing touchdowns all of last season, and it looks like they're already going to surpass that. And then some four or five games into the season. What has it been about the dynamic of those two guys in particular, and even what they contribute as receivers as to why teams have had a lot of problems? Forget completely removing them from the equation that should be unrealistic but at least keeping them in check and containing them to a certain degree yeah yeah you know coach mcdaniel had talked about last year he abandoned the run way too soon 
And uh, he admitted he he was it was Tua and Tyreek, Tua and Waddle, and all we want to do is throw, throw, throw. And we and you know, and he's a he's a run game coordinator, run game guru. So it was just, it was shocking to us to see that we did abandon the run as much as we did. Now we've got two home run hitters, and you guys got a guy that we had too, and Matt Breida, who was a home run hitter, you know as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you look at Mostert and you look at Achan. Those guys are they run behind their pads really well. They're a lot stronger than you think they are. But once they get to that second and third level, it's lights out. And I think that's been the key. The commitment to the run has been great for us. Um, last week we kind of, you know, we're down 31-14 at halftime. You got to come out and throw the ball a little bit more instead of getting back to committing to the run. I think if we can stay ahead of the chains and 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 you know, comparable on the scoreboard, that run game has been valuable for us. Teron Armstead, before he got hurt, even talked about the fact that, you know, it's nice this year that they're able to go out there and be able to run block and pass block instead of having to be on their heels all the time, you know, with the pass block because we threw it so much. So their commitment to the run, Coach McDaniel's commitment to the run has been great for us. And with those two home run hitters, like literally, man, it was, I mean, you can look at that Denver game and they both had four touchdowns, but the way they did it was so dynamic, you know, running the ball, catching the ball different ways. They're, they're, they're fun to watch at times. And the offensive line can do what they're supposed to do. We got a lot of guys that have that type of uh, that, that type of skill. Yeah, that power and speed is a really attractive combination. I think that's been on full display in the early stages of the season as we're talking with O.J. McDuffie, former Dolphins wide receiver. You can hear him on the Dolphins radio network setting the stage for the Dolphins and the Giants coming up on Sunday in South Florida. You brought up the dynamics of the pass game versus the run game and how they wanted to flip-flop that from last season. It's interesting because I was looking over the numbers and I've seen my fair share of Dolphins games so far this season. We know Tyree Kill is overwhelmingly the number one target, but last season it seemed like Jalen Waddle was having some of his games where the defense had to pay attention. I'm not saying he's having a bad season, OJ, but the numbers I don't think jump off the page. Is that a product of that the run ratio is much higher this season? Or do you think that they need to try to maybe not force feed him the ball, but get him a little bit more involved to give defenses a reason to roll over to him as opposed to Tyreek Hill and the other weapons? Yeah, we lost Jalen for a good part of uh, training camp, and that kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit. And then when he got back, he missed another game, um, you know, during the regular season. And so he's trying – he's still getting his feet wet when it comes to this offense. Even though he played in it last year, you still have to understand that sometimes during the week he's not getting the work, the, the reps in that he needs. Last week he had a full week of practice. This week he had a full week of practice. I noticed in the game last week against Buffalo that he had some opportunities. But I always think that, you know, if guys aren't out there getting the work in, you got to go with the guys that were getting the work in. And, of course, Tyreek's out there every single day working hard every day. So we kind of, you know, we try to feed Tyreek more, more often than not. I think Coach McDaniel's going to look at that situation last week and see the opportunities that Jalen had and give him more opportunity this week. Plus, you know, you got two superstar wide receivers, you know, us divas. We need our we need our targets, man. You know, right. we got to keep Jalen happy as well. We already got Tyreek happy. We got to keep Jalen happy as well. So I look forward to, them, forward to them getting him involved a lot more than they did the last couple of weeks of the season. Which just goes to show you it's a good problem to have if you're scoring 70 points in a game and you're running the ball effectively, but we're sitting here talking about how do you get Jalen Waddle more involved? Real-life problems in the National Football <laughs> League, apparently. Yeah, well, it's a good problem. Yeah, so it's obviously a good problem to have. Now, I want to turn the attention to the defensive side of the ball because with the way the offense is rolling, maybe we're not necessarily focusing on the defensive issues as much, but it hasn't been as pretty as I think they had hoped. And 
Vic Fangio comes over. It's year one in the scheme. So I guess you can understand sometimes there's maybe ups and downs, but Fangio has been such a good defensive coordinator, whether it be with San Francisco, with Chicago. And I would argue when you got Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, and I know Phillips has been a little bit banged up, that you would expect maybe the results to be a little bit better. What has been the problem in your estimation, OJ? Why it's been a lot of scoring clinics as opposed to them going up comfortably and just sealing the deal on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into it, Lance. I mean, you look at any team that comes in and uh, you get a new uh, defense coordinator or a new offense coordinator, whatever it might be, you got to deal with personnel issues, in, in my opinion, that, you know, you got guys out of there that maybe not fit your scheme. Um, you can go out and get as many guys you want, you know, in the offseason and draft or free agents, but at the same time, you got to deal with some guys that might be there that aren't scheme fits. Um we lose Jalen Ramsey right away in training camp. That's I'm sure he was a big part of what we're doing. Him opposite Xavier Howard is a big deal for us as in, in terms of what you know Vic Fangio wanted to do. Then we got you know Javon Holland at safety, but he's also used to playing you know next to Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones came back last week, but he wasn't the same Brandon Jones that we'd seen before. Deshaun Elliott was a guy, and he was hurt last week. So when it comes to all this stuff, you, you think about the fit, the scheme, you know. Of course, coaches are supposed to make adjustments, but for, for some reason, we're not getting it done, you know, up front for those guys to be able to play the type of defense they want to play. So our linebackers are getting blocked. Guys are getting on them, you know, um, from Long and, and, and Baker. You know, you don't want guys on your linebackers ever. Guys up front are supposed to take care of the guys. They're supposed to get to those guys. With the speed that we have on our linebackers, they're not the biggest guys, so they need to be able to run freely. So we're just not having all the pieces, parts, working together right now to get that unity. And I think that it's, it comes down to a scheme where we don't have the players, all the players that we need to run Vic Fangio's defense right now. Nine different players have accounted for their 10 sacks. So they've had contributions from across the board. And Andrew Van Ginkle is leading the way with three. The reason I bring that up, as you well know, Giants are coming off a Monday night game that they would love to forget in which Daniel Jones and Paris Campbell, their wide receiver, were sacked 11 times. So we know it's a copycat league, and teams coming up are going to look at where you're weak. Given the fact that, to your point, Miami's still in this experimental phase, where do you see maybe Fangio tapping into, OJ, to try to test this Giants offensive line, which has had a lot of changes and has had its fair share of struggles in the early stages of the season? Yeah, I hope we can get it done with the front four, Lance. I really do. I mean, Van Ginkle's been filling in for um, Jalen Phillips very well. Um, Ogba's been in there a little bit. We, Chubb, we're still waiting for him to, you know, to come along and 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 impose his will a little bit. But Christian Wilkins and, and Zach Sealer up front, those guys are the guys that have to really do the work to get at quarterbacks. And so we don't have to, you know, commit another guy, commit a linebacker, commit a nickel blitzer, you know, to put pressure on him. I'm sort of looking at that film. Of course, the Giants look at that film, too, to figure out how they can secure, you know, and take care of Daniel Jones as well. So, you know, everybody's going to make these adjustments, but we have to figure out a way to get it down with the front four, be able to play coverage, um, you know, and, and, and make it work that way. This defense has a long way to go, and everybody's been critical of Vic Fangio, but I think that, you know, it's going to take time against certain teams, and I think this is a good week to actually try to figure out what happened badly for the Giants and try to implement that for our own defense to be successful. You mentioned the personnel and maybe some communication playing a role. I was watching the Buffalo Bills game, and you saw also a lot of explosive plays, OJ, and you saw some missed tackles, specifically one of Stephon Diggs's three touchdowns, as you can attest to, up the sideline. He twists his way out of two defenders and then has a clear path. How prevalent of an issue 
has that been this season because of the absence of guys like Jalen Ramsey? And I would even point out, you know, another guy I think that they've been missing, and this goes back to last season, is Nick Neeman, who yeah. suffered the torn Achilles tendon. I mean, it's really him and Ramsey who I'm sure they would have loved to have in the mix opposite Xavier Howard. Man, it'd be great, right? I mean, that's the league is a, it's amazing. Uh, when you've got all your parts, you're usually pretty good. And yep. missing Nick, Nick Needham was a huge part of what we were talking about. You know, I mentioned, you know, uh, Brandon Jones, who was also playing opposite Ho Holland. You know, you look at also Jalen Ramsey. If you don't have the guys you're counting on to go out there as starters, even though I love Kader Kohu, he had a rough day, obviously, against, you know, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs showed why he's a pro bowler, perennial pro bowler, you know, in that game. Um you 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 want those guys out there because those are the guys that you count on to run your scheme and run your you know your, everything you want to do out there. When you have to mix and match, and of course you you know you have training camp, you have all these OTAs, and you got guys that you should be developing depth with. They're still not those guys. Nobody's Jalen Ramsey. Nobody's Xavier Howard. You know, even Nick Needham. He, I mean, boy, did he find a spot for this team? You know, in the nickel spot, he even played outside sometimes. He even played in the safety position for us. He was a huge loss for us. You know, when he went down. Nick's coming back off the um, eight, you know, off the Achilles this week, and hopefully he's the same Nick Needham, which is hard to imagine sometimes when you got guys with certain injuries. I mean, you know, ACLs and, and and Achilles, those are hard to come back from for especially guys that are backpedaling all the time, driving, you know, things like that. So we hope Nick is that guy. But when you lose guys like that in a defense that has a certain scheme and certain style that you want to play, it's hard to replace them. So the guys that come in, they have to be next man up mentality, but they might not have the next man up talent. We were talking about how the Giants have struggled on offense because of obviously playing the trenches. And we really haven't seen with the exception, OJ, of the second half against the Cardinals when they came back and scored the 31 points. We also have not seen the Giants produce a lot of explosive plays. And as you well know, well, if you're not getting the pass protection, it's hard to then survey the field and go down the field. Where, if anything, is Miami's weakness that the Giants, in your mind, can maybe look to attack? I mean, we talked about issues in the secondary. How have they fared, though, against the run? And if Saquon Barkley does return, how much of a concern is that for the Dolphins' defense up front? Yeah, I think the run game has been our weakness. I mean, anybody running the ball, wants to run the ball against, has been, it's been tough for us. And I think that's the, the key. One thing you want to do, you know, like back in the day with like maybe a Peyton Manning offense or some some of the Tom Brady offenses, you want to keep this our offense off the field. And the way to do that probably is to, is to run the football. And we've, we've struggled at times. We've, we struggled getting the tackle. You talked about that earlier, Lance, about, you know, tackling. Our tackling was atrocious last weekend. Guys are tackling high, guys are missing, guys are reaching, you know, stuff that you, you know, you expect that maybe in week one or two because there's not much hitting in, in training camp. But sure. once you start getting into the hitting part of it, you start hitting, right? We didn't do that at all last week. Um, so I think if, if you know, if you guys have the ability to run the football, keep our offense on the sideline and uh, kind of wear us down a little bit, it could be very interesting up front for us. We're talking with O.J. McDuffie, former Dolphins wide receiver. You could hear him on the Dolphins radio network. Both teams are coming off of losses. The Giants, they've dropped two in a row. Miami, though, was undefeated. And a lot of people love to read into the mental side of the game, O.J. And here's where I think you could weigh in, being a former player. Was it a necessary game in your mind, this Buffalo game? Not that you have to lose a game, but did it sort of remind the Dolphins, hey, we're really good this season, we could score with the best of them, but there are some weaknesses, and this wake-up call perhaps showcases a little different focus of a team Sunday against the Giants, in your estimation? Yeah, Lance, I think that 70-point uh, game against the Broncos 
kind of hurt us, but it, it was good. It was needed. Like you're talking about, you know, we were reading our own press clippings. Everybody was all, you know, we, we got the best running backs. We got the best wide receiver. Our safeties are doing this and that. Everybody was feeling us, you know what I mean? And every, hell, we jumped up to like some power rankings being number one or two, I think, <laughs> in some places. So the humbling experience that Buffalo put on us was exactly what this team needed. That was the, the game that I was looking forward to. You know, I know the Chargers game was huge. You know, playing out in L.A. You know, week one was was huge. Playing in New England on a Sunday night was huge. You know, then we get Denver at home. But Denver was real, and they couldn't figure out how to, a way to get it done. But playing in Buffalo was a different animal, and I want to see how we reacted. And we did not react very well. But we needed that because the week before, we had a lot of guys that thought they were really good. And they are really good. But you got to be really good every week, especially against teams like that. So – you ever heard of that? You know, it. some of those times it was a, a, a good L is a good L. That was a good loss for us right there. And hopefully moving forward, we learn from that and we put in that same work week in, week out, no matter who the opponent is, especially when you got a team like Buffalo to hit you in the mouth. The, um, the Giants are going to be physical and physical sometimes bothers us. So if we're not ready to match that strength with strength, we're going to have troubles this weekend as well. Well, the Giants have some of the players up front, like a Dexter Lawrence. And if Connor Williams doesn't play, I think that's an interesting matchup with him on Liam Eikenberg. But the Giants just have not had as many disruptive plays, OJ, as some of Miami's previous opponents. And if Miami could keep those disruptive plays in check, which most opponents have done, that could perhaps help them overcome not liking that physicality that you went after because Buffalo had those opportunistic plays on yeah. Sunday. And they also did a really good job slowing down Dolphins drives, which has been difficult to do because, you know, once you were moving down the field, you were scoring touchdowns. It looked like it was going to be an offensive clinic video <laughs> game football, right? <laughs> after you watch the first quarter and then all of a sudden things drastically turned. And that has been also another issue for the giants where it's been a little bit in piecemeal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, Look, if we if two is comfortable, it could it'll be a long day for the Giants. Um, when he's out there dealing like that and he doesn't have much pressure, nobody in his face, he doesn't have to move off, off his spot, it could be a long day. If, that's what any team, though. Any anytime a quarterback is comfortable, you know, it's it's it makes it a lot easier for any team to move the football. And uh the ones that are on the run, their team is on the run. Uh for us, you know, the same thing happens. So if they can't get to Tua, uh, which I hope they, you know, obviously I, I hope they don't. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Dolphin homer, as you know, Lance. Um, it, it, it could be a long day. We've got a lot of weapons, man. We talk about Tua. We talk about Tyreek. We talk about A-Chan. We talk about Moster. But I love Braxton Berrios as well. You know, I, I think yeah. he's one of the best three receive, number three receivers in the league. And when Tua has time to find him, he's always come up with big plays, maybe first down, moving the chain, scored a touchdown last week. I mean, there are different opportunities for guys. But if Tua is comfortable, it, it makes for a long day for opposing defenses. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the various weapons because I want to finish up here. One of the issues that's plagued the Giants' defense, OJ, is missed tackling. It happened against Arizona, San Francisco, and then Noah Fant had that big 50-plus yard catch and run Monday night against the Seahawks. How much of an issue have you seen that out of Miami's opponents this season because of the slipperiness of Tyreek Hill, Waddle, Berrios, the running backs, that if you don't wrap those guys up, a five-yard play in the blink of an eye can turn into a 30 to 40 yard home run. Yeah, absolutely, Lance. You got to get those guys in the elevator shaft. If you don't get them in the elevator, you know, then they're going to be in the open field. And when you talk about guys that are running 22, you know, you know, 22 miles an hour, once they get in the open field, there's very there are very few people that are going to be able to make that tackle on the open field. I mean, we got guys that are beating angles, which you know never happens a lot of times at this level because those guys, everybody's so fast. So if you don't wrap them up early, 
catch them with the you know your your D linemen or your linebackers when they get into the secondary it's it's a problem for a lot of teams. We had the same problem last week. Our guys were tackling high, missing tackles, reaching, grabbing. Um, so you got talented guys. If you don't get them down early, it's going to be a home run hit all day, every day. That's why it may sound boring. It may sound cliche. It comes back to the fundamentals. No matter how much talent you have, as you know, the fundamentals are on display. You're going to give yourself a chance to win. He is OJ McDuffie, former Dolphins wide receiver. You can hear him on Dolphins post game live on the Dolphins radio network. He also hosts a weekly podcast, The Fish Tank. It's part of the Dolphins podcast network. OJ, always great catching up with you. Really appreciate the time and the inside. Enjoy the game. And I look forward to talking down the road. Absolutely, Lance. Thanks for having me on, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks so much. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? That's former Dolphins wide receiver O.J. McDuffie. Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by The Banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of The Huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. That's O.J. McDuffie. Now let's turn our attention to the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable, who spoke to the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. And as always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York football Giants, Brian Dable. This afternoon, it's the Giants and Miami Dolphins here in sunny South Florida. And Coach, uh, you know, obviously you had a good week of work. You're on the road this week after the Monday night game. What was your message to your team early in the week to try to table what had happened on Monday night to them? Yeah, it's, you got to move on to the next week. So you, you learn from some of the things that, that weren't good. Um, and then you move on and get ready for your next opponent. And that next opponent is the Miami Dolphins. They're coming off a loss last week in Buffalo. Um, obviously, you have a relationship with Tua. There's a lot of weapons there. What have you seen in his game that has made him so effective on this pro level? Well, he's uh, it's not surprising. I'll say that first. Uh, he's weathered the storm of, of early, early struggles at times um, in his career. But he is a, a mentally tough person with a ton of talent. He has great accuracy, anticipation, vision. He's very instinctive. And he's done a heck of a job. You know, and then... The way they're running this offense with Tyree Kill and, and the explosiveness that he brings to the table, and then you look at Waddle, and then they have two running backs that can be very disruptive. Um, how, how do you sort of contain all this and keep it manageable? Yeah, this is like a four-by-four four team. They're uh, you know, one of the fastest teams in the league in terms of their skill positions, and they're fast-fast. Um, they can get to top speed quickly. You know, Hill can take it the distance. Waddle can take it the distance. Mostert, Achon, they're all – they're all very talented with exceptional speed, and I'd say, you know, Tua does a great job of delivering the ball on time, gets it in their hands um, accurately. So it'll be a it'll be a big challenge uh, for our defense. Uh, and stopping the run, coach, you know, being disciplined as far as your run fits are concerned, because if you're not right, I mean, with the speed that Achan has and even Mostert, um, a mistake doesn't become a ten yard give up. It could be an eighty yard run, couldn't it? Sure, uh, and that's you know that's what you have to do in terms of when you're game planning to discussing how you want to play these teams, and this team in particular is, you know, they're an explosive pass team and they're an explosive run team. So you've got to do a good job of trying to keep them off balance, make tackles when they're in space in the open field, um, and make sure we're you know taking care of the deep part of the field. 
On the other side of the football, Van Ginkle's had a nice start to his season. He's got three sacks. They have nine players that have at least a half a sack. Um, you know, they've played with a big lead, obviously, in the game against Denver. Last week they got behind a little bit after a 14-14 start. What is it about this defense that makes them a tough matchup? Yeah, I think they play, comp- <clears throat> comp- they play complimentary football. Um, they have good players. You know, their offense puts up points. They do a good job with – with their scheme and their system, and they have good players that are, you know, a lot of experienced guys on their roster, um, you know, whether it be Chubb or Howard or, or Wilkins, um, and then they have some good young players. So, you know, Holland's a heck of a player on the back end. They, they play well together. Um, they're a good defense, and they play good complementary football. Coach, if you remain patient and sort of stay on schedule, though, there are some big plays to be had, right? I mean, they've given up uh, eight pass plays of 30 or more yards. Uh, Diggs and Cook got them last week. But is that one of the things with your group offensively that you kind of need to stay on schedule and be patient? Because if you do and you, you're productive on first down and with the run game, that there might be opportunities to hit big shots? Yeah, I'd say our goal each week, and we haven't done a good enough job of it, is to, is to stay on schedule, uh, to have production on first down, to play the game in an advantage situation for the offense. So staying on track is important. Um, the competitive score of the game is important. Um, not turning the ball over is important. All those things that contribute to, you know, being able to play in, in close, tight games uh, when it gets down to the fourth quarter. And really the other thing, just in wrapping up here, which you had mentioned the other night too, is complementary football. We have to do a better job of playing complementary football, which means all three phases of the game because one phase can sort of lift up or help another phase, whether it's providing a short field or whatever the case might be or pinning an opponent deep. That has to all be working in sync when you're going against a team like Miami, doesn't it? Yeah, execution is at a premium, and I would say the ball is a premium. So when you give the ball up and you don't get it, you know, that's hard to play complimentary football. So that's something that we've been focused on, we're working on, and uh, we need to do a good job of it come Sunday. Coach, best of luck this afternoon against the Dolphins. Thanks, Bob. We thank Brian Dable and Bob Papa, Lance Meadow and O.J. McDuffie, Paul and Aziz Ojolari for joining us and being a part of the Friday Giants Huddle Podcast. And appreciate all the guys chipping in for me here as I'm trying to get back from this uh, strep throat. We appreciate it. Uh, voice isn't back all the way, but we're getting there, folks. Thanks again for being with us. It was all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Giants take on the Dolphins on Sunday. Make sure you stay tuned for all of our coverage all week long on our radio pregame show. will take place at 11 a.m. on Sunday. For the guys, my name's John Schmoke. We'll see you then. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.